BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit. This is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel O'Connor. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been a penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to this Friday edition of Benzinga's pre-market prep. Spencer Israel, Joel Elkanen, Dennis Dick is here, but he's lurking in the background. He'll be back in a second, folks. Uh, good show for you today. We it, it just feels like a random market. Market. There's no real theme right now, besides for the fact that mar- that the market is just steadily going higher. So we're going to talk about that. Growth stocks came back. There's Dennis. We're going to talk about growth stocks today. I want to talk about Alibaba. I want to talk about Qualcomm. I want to talk about Fubo. We had a couple of earnings. J- uh, Jinko Solar is out. Levi's is out last night. So a lot to get to. We'll take questions from our chat. Two guests on the docket for today. Marcus Heidkotter at 835. He's the founder of Rockwell Trading. And of course, Jason Razak will join us at 845, 850 or so. Today's show is also sponsored by Rockwell Trading. Trade what you see, not what you think. To learn more, go to rockwelltrading.com slash Benzinga. Don't forget, everyone, to smash that like, leave us a comment, hit share, engage with us on YouTube, or whatever platform you're watching us on. We appreciate that, as always. Joel, I'm going to bring up your charts. You're going to tell us how we are doing this morning. Uh, good morning, Spencer. Uh, strong close, kind of translating to where we're trading at right now. Up five and three quarters handles at 94.75. We snuck into the 4,100 handle. Pre-market high, 0250, that's your only number on the downside. Uh, Pre-market low, that comes in at uh, 87. That's uh, just a couple bucks below that old-time closing high of 4089. So there's your support on the downside. Tight range overnight, 15 points. Crude, losing 60, two days in a row. You find resistance just right at $60, down 12 cents at 59.48. You have gold. It's positive for the week, but negative for the day. Down 1370 at 1744 and a half. Silver still in the 25 handle. That's down though, 31 cents at 35, or excuse me, 2528. And Bitcoin, just a trade the range, baby. 55,000 to 60. We are now at the upper part of the trading range, up $935 at 59,000 and 90. Good morning, Triple D. Kind of 
quiet out there, huh? Um, it's a, it's a little on. choppy. I would say it's a little bit choppy. Um, it's a mixed market. You got IWM trading up. You got the banks trading up. You got the TLT down. That's why the banks are up. And then you got the QQQ, which seems to track the, the TLT now, which is so interesting. There was never a correlation there before, but we know the tech market has been worried about interest rates. There's the TLT leaking a little bit and the Qs leak a little bit. So um, you got to keep changing those relationships up and identifying the new ones. And there's one for you today. Um, that's what's been working here lately. Obviously, QQQ is a lot bigger movement than TLT, but you can see a rough correlation there. So I don't know. It's a tough market, man. It's been a really weird market. It's been a tough week for me. I've had um, a couple good days and a couple bad days, and I typically don't usually get very many bad days just because um, I'm doing arbitrage and doing different things. But it's one of those weeks where there's been some funny stuff going on, just, you know, and the rotation, you know, and I was trying to identify the growth. You know, I thought the rotation would grow three days ago. I was a day early because we saw a lot of it fly into it yesterday into the Kathy names. So I actually got stopped out on a couple of my swing trades. And if I would have held on to those, I would have been happy. So there was a little bit of undercut and rallying a couple of the stocks. So I don't know. It was a week I kind of got chopped you know, up a bit. It, so. it's, uh, you know, one thing that we've been talking about over the last couple of weeks is, you know, when were the big boys going to join the party, right? You can have all the small stocks. You can have your value stocks. But just the way things are constructed now in the index, the big boys are the big boys. And they're the ones that let us out of the gutter last year. And finally, they came to life. Now, Facebook is performing well, lower P.E., uh, Google broke out after earnings lower PE, but, uh, you know, Apple was kind of late to the game and Amazon's been working its way, but Apple, lo and behold, man, look at that, right? I mean, those 50% retracements, we talked about this yesterday afternoon. Let's get half of that move back here. You know, they made the high after earnings. They took it down to, you know, under 117. And that's why you're getting, you're just getting the, the participation by the top components now. And that's why it's so hard to put a lid on this market, I mean, look at Apple, 145. I mean, that thing starts moving up towards that area. What kind of impact is going to have on the index? Microsoft has already broken out. Amazon needs to go. So you're starting to get participation by the like by the big components. And I think that's important for another leg higher. That's what we're seeing. I kind no of feel that resistance. was a week ago, though. I kind of feel that was a week ago. Like if you're coming in now and you're buying Amazon. After it just ran 300 points, we've been talking about this all week. And that is why the indexes have driven. But don't you feel like, do you think it's an Amazon going another 300 points from here that's driving us up here? Or is it rotation back into those beaten down growth names? I mean, take a stock like Fubo, F-U-B-O, beaten down growth name. It's just been hammered. It doesn't participate in the rally whatsoever. But it's a name that's so beat up that people want an excuse to buy it. And here you go. You get an excuse here overnight. It's a headline. It's not a, really a huge headline, but it's good enough. They wanted an excuse to come in. The shorts want an excuse to cover. The longs want an excuse to come in and buy it. And they're getting it here this morning. What's the headline on Fubo, Mr. Israel? Yeah, I mean, they got ex exclusive rights to the South American World Cup qualifying matches. So not even... Oh, boy, oh, not, boy. Not, not, not World Cup. Yeah. World Cup qualifying. Not for everyone. Just for South America. I'll give you that soccer, or, or I guess football for them, is, is the most popular sport in the continent. But really? Qualifying? Qualifying. We're talking about qualifying here. I know. 
this t- is telling you the tape turned i was a day early i was a day early and i could feel that you know that the growth names wanted to go and then there was one little more plunge and it stopped me out of a few of them i kept on to a couple of the names wish i would have kept them all because i'd be up in them all right now except fastly i think i'd still be down that one um but you look at it here and you know we've had you know just so, it's they're so oversold some of these stocks like a fubo is just your classic example just does not want to go up all your SPACs charts look the same your cciv just can't catch a bit markets going straight up these stocks just do not rally so one of two things is going to happen there eventually the market's going to start turning over and these things are going to lead the church down or maybe the markets hold up and these things you know start to catch a bit so I'm, I'm kind of in the latter camp. They're so bloody oversold. Some of the solar stocks are the same thing. I mean, SunPower just cannot participate. You got Jinko Solar come out with earnings this morning. That thing's been hammered. $80 beginning of the year. It's 35 bucks today. There is a bear market in all those high PE names. The question is, are they oversold enough to start nibbling? I think so. I think you do start nibbling. You got a level on Fubo. I don't like chasing stocks up 8%, but if you were so inclined yesterday to say, well, I got the 20 to lean on, you're getting rewarded with 8% here this morning. So you know where you're out is, 20 bucks. So I don't know. I think you want that barbell approach. If you're all value and you're all mega caps now and you've cycled over that way um, and you're buying those today, again, I think you're doing it backwards. I know it's a little bit contrarian, but I think there's some... I think it's time to start nibbling in some of the growth names. That's all. If you're no, if you know growth, it's time to get some growth in there. That's my opinion. All right. Well, I, the 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 little thing I said before, I wasn't saying that go out and buy them now. I'm saying the reason the market is continued higher is these have participated. Yeah, for five days. Away. Yeah, yeah, for five days, and we were you know, and that you know, we were saying, man, everything's going except for that. Um, I don't know. I mean, these stocks, when they have these kind of downtrends, they get the news, they get the pops, and it's really important for them to hold. And right now, you could even get to 23 bucks here in Fubo. You're at 22.38. So I think if you're looking for like a big day in this, you want to see this firm and bid in the 23 handle. 23 and then take a shot at 24. Right now, based on what we're seeing, we might even struggle to get back up to that pre-market high. But that's what I'm looking at. Hard you to chase get it. over. Yeah, I want to be chasing this no. thing. No, it's not the stock. But what I'm telling you is, when you're seeing life here, maybe you go to some of those other growth names. So I'm not pitching sure. Fubo here this morning. What I'm doing is using Fubo as an indicator Catalyst. that hey, even on a little bit of good news, these things can get a relief pop and. You know, like you look at the markets going up, making all-time highs, all-time highs. Even the last five days, think about what the market has done. SPY has been up from, just bring up the Qs even, or the SPY. Let's go to SPY first. Five days ago, SPY was 395. It's 408. So you're talking, what, a 3% move. That's a pretty big move for the biggest index. Qs, though, look at the Qs. Five days ago, 320, 335. Like, that's a huge move there, too. And then look at ARKK. ARKK in the last five days, really gone nowhere. I mean, Ooh, 120 just that sitting level, there. That's that what level. I'm saying. I'm saying. I'm also that. I, I'm saying that Kathy. I've hate. I, I've been hating the Kathy stocks for a while here. I'm saying I'm don't want to be short the Kathy stocks right now. And maybe I want to start nibbling on a few, not in the long term investment portfolio, but in the swing trading portfolio, because I still think there is a relief pop here. I mean, if the whole market rolls over, these things will lead the charge down to the highest beta stuff. But if we continue to go higher here, if we continue to get driven, 
they're going to go back into these names that were successful before. So they're, they've stopped going down. That Kathy chart, ARKK, does not look bad. The Fubo chart looks terrible. But, you know, it, it's again, it's held to a level. So you have it to find out. Teladoc, I was talking Teladoc the other day. Yeah, it did cut through. Um, you know, but it's starting to it's still holding on. It's still trying to hold on. So there's a lot of overhead supply. It's got to work its way through. CCIV, which is Lucent Motors, just cannot catch a bit. Eventually, it might. You know, it's tough because if they break down, I'm just saying you've got a tradable. You got an out. You got an out on all these. It's the same thing. You do have an out. Yeah, I got stopped out a couple, so maybe you can't be too tight with them. But I just don't think coming in here and buying new core right now. You know, maybe I'm wrong, and you know, buying General Motors, and I've been pitching General. I love General Motors long term. Well, Gen GM had a pretty good pullback, so I like that. But you know, Tesla's trying to hold on a little bit. You got it now. So I think diversified. Don't go all in on growth. I wouldn't go all in on growth. But if you don't have any, and you've been like throwing all these things out now, now you're all value. Just be careful because this market, the rotations will switch again. And I feel the last couple days. The rotation has been moving a little bit. It's just a little blip down. We're going to go rotate right back into the value names. Maybe, but a lot of these are just massively oversold. Some of the solar stocks have just been hammered. Before we go to the solar stocks, I just wanted to point out in this ARKK, look at, keep an eye. If you got an alert, set an alert at 125 here. Cause look at that. I can't have too many K's in here. ARKK. Uh, what is wrong with my typing today? baby 125 set your look at that you bumped your head up against it a few times boom now that looks tempting and then you got if you want to try and buy it on the cheap the lows aren't as close together but uh i like that 125 keep an eye on that and arkk um, I'm, I'm watching the VIX here mostly because it's just watching it go down. Yeah, watching it go down exactly. Uh, and and Dennis, uh, I, I hear what you're saying on on just having a, a tricky week because there's no theme. There's no yeah. theme. It's just mm. everyone is sort of like like everyone's doing their own thing. Nothing's really moving together. The relationships aren't firm. They're soft, and it, it, it's hard to make heads or tails of that. I mean, the ten years going down. The VIX is going down. The market's going up steadily, but there's really no no catalyst. There, there's a vacuum of catalysts right now. So, well, we're out. we have no earnings right now. No, um, nope. you know, we're coming into earnings season. We're going to come into earnings season in the next week or two. Yeah. But you know, this is the one of the quietest weeks for earnings. You're right. There is no catalyst here right now. But the markets just continually grind higher. I mean, my portfolio. I look at it, make a new all time highs yeah. again. Yeah. You know, but that's a long-term boring portfolio. That's Joel, same thing. We're basically loaded up indexed, you know, in the long-term stuff. But I'm saying from the trading side of it, you know, I, I actually kind of like, I started to really like the bull market. And then we went to the bear market. I was like, I really like that too. But I don't <laughs> like this like shop market. You know, this like, okay, well, some stocks are getting hit. Some stocks are rallying, which is really what we've seen. You know, yes, buy has been going straight up. But there has been just individual carnage in some names, which we've been talking about. Like I said, if you've been in that Fubo, you know, where the, the Mr. Zach Morris on Twitter was pumping, 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 and then he all of a sudden disappears, um, you know, 40, so he was going to retire on it. It's 20. I mean, some of these things have just, you know, been really hit hard. The, the, the momentum names, the growth names, the high multiple names, or the no multiple names, maybe in the case of Fubo. Um, Negative multiple. 
Yeah, it's just you gotta stay. You gotta stay diversified. You gotta stay diversified, not just in growth. You gotta stay diversified across different sectors. Who's that's the only. That's the, that's the safest way to play it long term. Uh, just talk about no catalyst, nothing going on. We, we've lost four or five points here. Nothing, nothing major, but we usually just drift higher during the pre-market. You see anything out there, Spencer? No, not really. No, nope. Oh, perhaps uh, perhaps uh, we well, we got PPI at eight thirty. Perhaps a little nervousness. I don't know why anybody'd be nervous about that. We know there's no inflation. Uh, but anyways, uh, pre-market low is 87. We haven't got there yet. Uh, 89 was the close from yesterday. So we're holding on, holding on to the gains. And we actually had some of the gains were after the close yesterday. So we at the actually the last print uh at the 415 session was uh 94 so we're getting this every day they ramp it at the close joel it seems like every day late late five minutes to go we're just ramp we're ramp the hell out of the market there let's ramp it up again you know we're like just sitting there and we're kind of leaking a little bit at 330 now we're gonna ramp it right into the close again i mean it's not as pronounced yesterday but a lot of days here you can look the day before on the seventh we were down at 40 at 3.30, we're down at 4.05 on SPY, and we closed up at, like, 4.08. You know, we're just ramp at 30 point or 4.06, I guess. So we're ramp at 10, 15 points for fun, you know, which is half the day's range. Yesterday was a quiet day, but they still ramp at 55, 6 points for fun at the end of the day. There's just people ramping this market, jacking it up, jacking it up. I mean, but I, I'm the same way. I mean, this is just a tough market. Like, you got inflation, you got so many concerns. I don't want to be short stocks either. Not overall. So, you know, markets are making new all-time highs. You definitely don't want to be short stocks, but there has just been pockets where it has been okay to be short. It's a stock picker's market. Some stocks going up, some stocks going down. Utilities have been ramping up here too. I mean, these are stocks that have been dead, but look at this utility rally in the last month. We went from XLU, we went from 58.5 to 64.5, and you can say, oh, woo, uh, an 8% move. This is utilities, man. Utilities move eight percent in a month. Yeah, that is a huge move for utilities. These are these are dividend paying stocks. Not only are you picking up your dividends for the month, you are actually picking up huge returns for the month too. So again, you can just see that value, you know, trade coming into play to a certain extent. And maybe it's the fact that you know TLT stopped going down. That they helps did. the utilities. Yep. Yeah, yeah. You, you, and you know, utilities are linked in with the XLU is definitely linked in with the TLT. So. But are we out of the woods on all these concerns? We were concerned about three weeks ago. Are we out of the woods on all that? Have yields yields stabilized? TLT stopped going down? Or are we going to just resume the trend here eventually and start to collapse again? And then everybody's going to get the fear going. So, uh, Dennis, you said you would be nibbling in growth. Ramon asked, what if you're already full growth? And then maybe diversify a little bit. I don't know. It's solid rallies. I mean. That's a problem is there's so many people like I have, you know, a lot of Twitter followers hey, and, I, and a lot of people reaching I out. I, I got a lot of growth too, man. I simply, I do too. I have some, I mean, we, I was selling it. We, we know I've been, I've been bearish growth for two months. So I was early on that too, but you know, I was like on the queues, obviously the queues, you know, have sold off and they've come back because of the Amazons and the apples. I mean, my long-term portfolio is loving this. This is the kind of market my long-term portfolio likes. But I'm not going to lie to you. I said in the last three, four years, me and Joel both have probably underperformed the market in the long, not not on the trading side of it. The trading side of it, you know, has been very good. But I'm saying my long-term retirement account, my it's called your RSP account. 
IRA in the States. It's something I don't really look at. I just have like Apple in there, Amazon in there, Google in there, Microsoft in there, Q's in there, Spy in there. It's probably half the portfolio. It's literally just those stocks. So obviously, when Amazon going nowhere for six months and the growth name's all ripping, it's been tough. Now, I've try- I tried to play some of those growth names to try to help it out a bit, you know, and throw in some of those in there and play in some of those names. And that's what I try to do. I try to help it out a bit. But those core holdings are still so much of the portfolio that even when you're picking up, you know, a little bit of money here and a little bit of money there from some swing trade growth names, yeah. it's that, those core holdings that are dictating. It's all about asset allocation. And the, way, the reason I do that is because when we get into this, you know, downturn, well, my markets, my portfolio is holding up because I have those core stocks that, you know, aren't ridiculously priced. So, I mean, you know, I'm going to underperform when everybody's going growth, growth, Kathy, Kathy, hungry, hungry, hungry. But when the market starts to go south, my portfolio is going to outperform. It's going to hold up. It's making new all-time highs where a lot of other people are down. So, you know, here is where I play catch-up. So I'm in that portfolio for the, you know, that's some of these kind of stocks been in 10 years. I think that's the way to play it. Again, I'm a trader. I'm maybe not the best investor in the world, but I try to build it so that I feel like I've got something that is really mimicking the SPY as much right. as I possibly can. It's hard. I mean, you pick a lot of individual stocks and it's, it's you know, it's hard. It's hard to beat the market. Really right? hard. In, yeah. in the long, and not from a trading perspective. But from, you know, if you're just sitting there and you have a small account, you can work those trades. You can stop yourself out. But once you get to a certain size, like once you get to a certain amount of money, you know, you're sitting there playing with 50000 and you made 50000 like, oh, I killed the market. It's a lot easier to work 50000 you know, than it is, you know, millions or billions of dollars. Yeah. In some of these hedge fund cases, you know, you just, you've got price impact when you're coming in and out of stuff. So they can't just come in and out, in and out, in and out like we can. And that's why I always say the little guy has an advantage over the market if you're small, because you can wiggle in and out of these positions where, you know, you got the, you know, we could talk to Wang and obviously, you know, that's an extreme situation where it's taking him days and weeks to get called out on his Viacom position. That's just getting, you know, crazy big. But there's price impact involved once you're at a certain level. So as a small guy, you do have an edge and you can beat, you know, if you're if you're small enough. All right, we do. Uh, we kind of went all over the place there. Yeah, yeah we, no, no, no. We got to talk about these kind of things, Dennis, because you know you see it. You're seeing it in the in the actual order flow, and we we can talk about the short term things. But like right now, this is like that. It it's boring, right? It's not. You know, you don't have. Uh, uh, you know, the SPACs have been quiet. The SEC kind of cracked down on them. Great point. Uh, the the earnings, we're, we're gearing up for earnings season. I mean, mm. you know, you got Pump and Paul. So, I mean, as long as Pump and Paul is at the helm, man, I I, I mean, it's going to be hard, 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 hard for things to it's turn around. Pump and Paul. <laughs> Joel, um, I, I mean, boring can sometimes be good for your long-term portfolio, but it sucks for your trading. Right. And that's why I like, I, I like kind of like boring in my long-term portfolio. I don't like my portfolio moving up 5% or down 5% a day. Yeah. I love it when the market's moving down 5% <laughs> or up 5% because the trading is awesome. This trading has been like rotation and chops been tough trading. It's been good for long-term so, portfolio, but this is a good lesson. I mean, if you're all growth, you're going back to the original question Spencer asked, if you were all growth, yep. this is where your learning experience is. This is why I'm never all in on all growth. I'm never all in on all value. 
I try to have, you know, that barbell approach because you're going to get hammered in the times that things things start to get ugly. Unless you're just, you know, the best trader in the world and you only get, if you only have two or three positions, maybe you can work out and you're moving into these names and these names. Well, that's trading. That's not investing. It's two different things. You know, I'm looking at investing as stocks you're holding on to for months or you know, more so for years. So two is two different animals. That's why I try to separate it. my trading and you're looking account for turns. and my investing account. Right. You're, you're looking for turns in the market, right? And a lot of these times when, oh, you got the volatility and it's good, the short term. And then there's a pause. And there and that's, you know, that's the turn. And, we you know, there's turns in intraday trading, right, where you can cap. But sometimes there's turns in the market. And uh, that's what you're trying to identify here. You tried to. Uh, you know, a couple of days ago, you were feeling it. You tried it, but that, you know, you took a small loss base. So you might try. You try it again, and that's what. That's an important thing about trading and investing is things are going, 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 working, working, working. There's a pause. There's a consolidation. Like I can't think of anything better than like this Google after earnings last time. I mean, how long did it sit there? It had the gap and go. And the market was just finally, you know, it finally participated. But we do have, we do have two earnings that we should probably cover. Yep. And uh, boy, oh boy, solar, holy moly, Jinko Solar on the skids here. Yeah. Well, their EPS missed missed by a lot, right? So so they reported eleven cents per share in earnings versus a thirty-seven cent per share estimate. Sales of one point four four versus one point three eight billion. So the sales are fine, but the earnings were not fine. Uh, and their Q1 sales guidance also came in a smidge low. But so. this is the kind of stock that has been hammered so much. And I mean, there's no levels in here. And I don't want to catch the falling <laughs> knife to a certain extent. But you get down, and not saying it's going to the mid-20s, but we've come from 90 to 35. If this got down in the mid-20s, I'm going to be buying it. Because it's down enough that, you know, it's come back enough. That's where it was. Before, you know, Biden even got elected, it's where it was, you know, basically back in 2019. This is crazy. You get back to the mid-20s. It was all fluff. You have to sell into the fluff. When it when it just gets stupid and the market gets stupid and Jinko Solar, JKS, goes from $23 in one month, it goes from 23 to 90 You sell. You don't play games. You know, I've been selling at 50, at 60, at 70, probably way too early, but I sell too early. There's some great traders in our chat that don't sell too early and they identify it. But if your stock triples in a month, yes, it was, it was, it was, it it, it went up four times in uh, two. It was like Sun Power. My Sun Power was the same thing. I'm like, I I bought it at six bucks, it went to 50. I was like, that was one that I actually got a good chunk of the move. And I held a little, little piece because I was like, I'm going to hold a little piece. I shouldn't have held any, but space was the same thing. I'll hold a little, little piece. So it goes from 25 to 60. I'll hold a little piece. A little piece I lost on. So you got to sell it all. You know, you get out. When the stocks double and triple in a month, it's time to ring the register. Say, thank you very much. You got years of gains in one month. You ring the register and you move on to the next trade. And I'm I'm a big fan of, you know, holding on to your winners. But when your winners want to triple in a month, ring the register. Because you know what? (laughs) If you don't ring the register, the market will ring it out of you. They'll ring that gain right out of you. And that's what they've done on all of these growth names. You are off the free market low here at uh, 3410. 
So you're buck fifty. I don't know if that's gonna hold up or not. What do you have? Uh that's probably last month's low too, right? Oh, we're through last month's low. So keep an eye on thirty four ten. I mean, this is a tricky candle to deal with here. Really? Right. Is. I mean, I don't know where and you're through your retracements. But I wanna ask you something, Dennis. Is yeah. and and this is I don't know, maybe putting the cart before the horse, but the like the solar, right? It was like the Biden trade, right? Like I looked at uh, uh, Jinko. That actually peaked in October. So I, you know, that was like before the election. But a lot of these other ones. What do you think about your new core? What do you think about steel? I mean, uh, the you know the, the I kind of want to sell it. I know. That's another one that it's like it's giving me such a ridiculous gain. That's a ridiculous gain on new core from fifty-five to eighty in that long. But I've held this for so many years. It's like. If I had this on for a trade, I would sell it. It's been in the long-term invest portfolio. It's part of my barbell. I believe it's best in breed with steel. I believe what Kramer is saying. It gives me a 2% dividend, but it's not about the dividend. It's about, you know, that there is a lot of construction going on. There you know, is. That's why the caterpillars and the deers on pullbacks, you almost have to buy them. The construction that's going on is crazy. I don't think it's going to slow down. And, you know, steel is a big component of that, too. I'm going to be right back. I'm going to be right back in one All right. minute. Okay. All right, uh, let's um, let's do some blue jeans. Uh, Levi's, yeah. Let's get to the other earnings report. This was out last night, uh, and the numbers were the numbers were good. Uh, their EPS, uh, thirty four cents per share versus a twenty five cent estimate. Sales also beat one point three one versus one point two five billion dollars, and they raised their guidance. They raised their uh, first half of the year. Sales growth guidance, a couple percentage points up to 20, to a range of 24 to 25%. Again, that's sales growth for the first half of this year. Their year-over-year EPS, uh, I'm sorry, uh, their adjusted EPS for the first half is going to be in the low $0.40 cent per share range. They also raised their dividend, their quarterly divvy, by $0.02 cents per share from $0.04 cents to $0.06. Cents. So all in all, it was a good report, good quarter, at least in the headlines for Levi Strauss. Were you ever around when um, I'm trying to think of her name? She was uh, um, like a fashion lady, and we had her on the show a couple times. Uh, Kristen Benz, were you ever around with her? Yeah, yeah, I was. You remember? Yeah. And you guys are really gonna make fun of me now, but uh, because I I mentioned to her that I that I had somehow it came up about. I don't know if we were talking about Levi or something, but I mentioned jean shorts. Oh, okay. And she went crazy on me, man. She went at absolutely crazy. So every time, like, I think of Levi, man, what might have to dust her off? I, we haven't heard from. Uh, have... I don't know. Let's talk about that offline. <laughs> All right. Uh, this one was tough because what a rally into the report. I I don't know what to tell you. Is this a new? This a new old time high? I mean. People were jamming. I mean, it was like everyone knew there was going to be a good report. And you got up to 2777. And then they saw something that they didn't like. And I don't know what that was. They took it down under 2450. We're a buck off that at that high, which is an all-time high. Oh boy. I don't know if we're going back up there today, folks. And I keep an eye on 2675. Actually, the former old time high was twenty five seventy eight. So you are trading above that. 
I'm just wondering after such an extended run, if you don't take out that pre-market high, you might you might see some more profit taking in this one. The top of yesterday's range, we'll use that as support. That's 2524. And the close, the old time closing high, 2502. So there's some numbers for you, but it's gonna take a big old bunch of buying to get that back up to 2777. Big move over the past month and a half, too, for Levi's. There's all sorts of theories in chat why Dennis stepped away. I I, I assure you, there's nothing nefarious or weird going. Really? We go- <laughs> I'm I'm actually my, I'm solo solo parenting Spencer right now, and he had to start his virtual school, so I had to get his computer set up. That was it. My my wife, I'm in between houses, man. I've got like oh, it's fine. I got this house that's getting bulldozed anytime. I'm just looking out for the bulldozer that I'm sitting in right now. We got our other place, and so my wife's over at the other place trying to organize that with my daughter. And I got Spencer here because the internet actually shuts off at this place tomorrow, and then it goes on at the other place. So. I'm like all over the place. My life right now is turned around and upside down. I got the bulldozer that keeps staring at me there, just waiting. I'm just hoping it doesn't come down while I'm doing the show. Let's bring some stability to our lives. Bring Marcus Hedekotter on from Rockwell Trading. Marcus, good morning. Hey, good morning. How's it going? Good. How How's the week treated you? It's exactly the same as you said. It's a boring week. And uh, you see, there's not much going on. Uh, yeah, I have my charts up. So here you see the Dow Jones, and we had a, we had a good day on Monday, right? And after the the nice update on Monday, that just been going sideways. Now uh, looking at uh, S and P, S and P is making new record highs every single day. Nasdaq is actually catching up really, really nicely. But but as you know, what I really like to do is to sell option premium, and, and one of the worst weeks to do it is, is one of these weeks because when the VIX is low, what hap- happens to options premiums? They're down, right? I mean, it's it's difficult to really sell option premiums here. So um, VIX is right now at 17. I mean, this is kind of ridiculous. <laughs> so this week, uh, I just want to show you what I did uh, this week. So um, the, the only stock that I found that uh, was worth selling some option premium on was Etsy. And uh, this is what I did it on uh, on Monday, on this down day. So when we had this, oh, well, this is not really uh, the down day that I wanted to show. Anyhow, uh, right here on this one. There it is a little bit better, okay? So we had finally a good down day. I saw the 182.50 strike, made some money there. But, but here's the challenge. Uh, you see, I have... Uh, I'm trading a, a $250,000 account. And uh, so on this, I have a certain goal. So my goal is to make 15K per month, uh, which uh, yields to what, $180,000 a year. And, and that's fine for, for my lifestyle to cover my uh, living expenses here. Uh, that, that's okay. So if you break it down, this means that actually I have to make uh, $3,750 per week. And he, here's the tricky thing. So this week, I, I did Etsy, and I can show you on, on Etsy, I made, uh, let's just see. So Etsy, there you go. It, it was $435. So uh, obviously, that's not 3750 uh, 3, So made $435 here. Um, another play that I did, and this was on, on Etsy, and I already closed this because, uh, I mean, this was just running away. There was no need to keep it open for another day for just a, a couple of pennies here. Um, uh, then another trade that I did this week is uh, I do own GDXJ and I was selling calls against it. So here, uh, this is where I was selling calls uh, at 35 cents and I sold 21 of them. 
Now I need to do the math uh, to just see how much is 21. This is why we have handy dandy calculators times 35. So it's 735. Okay, let's go back here to the iPad and uh, talk about this. So this is uh, 735 uh, on GDXJ. And because it was such a boring week, I didn't see anything else. Now, if we add all this up, this is uh, like what, around $1,200, um, maybe something like this. Well, this is just shy. <laughs> it's only a third of the $3,750 that I want to make per week. But he here's the deal. And I, I think, uh, Dennis, you said it earlier. You see, sometimes the markets want to give you money and sometimes the markets say, no, I'm not giving you any money this week, <laughs> right? This is when it's, it's just a, a more difficult week. However, trading is a marathon and not a sprint. And this is where, how are we doing in the long run? And again, if, you want, if I want to make 15K per month, so at this point we are in April, so um, not quite mid-April. So I should probably be at around uh, 45 uh, to to $50,000 for the year, right? Uh, I mean, this is where I should be. And sometimes it is just easier to make money. So if you, if you look actually at uh, in my trading account here, and here's you see the, the money that I wired out every single month. So uh, in the beginning of February, I wired out the profits for January, which was 21,000. Okay, it went better than February, went really well, 26,000. Uh, March went okay. So this is uh, what I just wired out, $16,000. So overall, I wired out a little bit over, what is it, like $65,000, something around that. And uh, this is where it, it's so difficult. If you have daily or weekly goals, you can drive yourself crazy. I, yeah. I think this is what I've learned as a trader, and I'm with you. I'm, I'm not an investor. I'm a trader. And this is where you got to go with the flow of the market, right? And then sometimes it is easier to make money. And this is when you say, all right, dear market, yes, I'll take the money. I'm happy with it. And uh, sometimes like this week, it is more challenging for this particular strategy. Now, there's probably others who have made a killing this week because they need a super calm market. For me, uh, it's similar to you. When the markets move 5% a day, yay, this is when it is fun. When a stock is moving 5% a day, markets don't move 5% a day. But if they if they move 1% or 2%, and especially as an option seller where I want to collect premium, I need a couple of down days. And if you look at a couple of down days, and uh, this week, there weren't any. <laughs> this week, the markets were just going straight up. I mean, NASDAQ is up, what, for the week, 5% uh, thus far. S&P up 3%, Dow up 1%, something like this. Oops, I did not sw switch it over to the handy-dandy iPad. Anyhow, but uh, yeah, this is where I think as a trader, the worst thing that I've experienced, if I put on pressure to myself and say, well, I need to make $3,750 this week. Otherwise, I will not hit my goals. Yeah. Or I've overachieved my goals every single month. So um, why trade something when there's nothing to trade? I mean, at least for my trading style. And again, I'm not saying that there's nothing to trade at all. I mean, there's always something to trade. But uh, for the trading style that I do, no. <laughs> yeah, I've seen, you know, and and it's so tough. I mean, it's tough when you got bills to pay and you got to be making a certain amount of money. And I can appreciate that because I make all my income from trading as well. It's so tough, especially when you're getting started. And I always say to traders who are starting, it's nice to have like a day job to fall back on. So you're not putting so much pressure on yourself because when you put your pressure on yourself that I've got to pay these bills, you're going to take trades that maybe, you know, you shouldn't be taking. You're going to swing at the pitch in the dirt 
maybe because, you know, I need to make that money. I need to get some more premium here. I'm not making enough. So it, it's tough. I mean, you know, when you got bills to pay, um, you know, obviously you want to be trading, you know, you want to be making that money. But when the market's not giving it to you, you don't want to be swinging at the curveballs, though. No. And the other thing is having realistic goals, right? I mean, most That's traders, exactly. they, they say, you know what? I start with a $5,000 account and I want to make $5,000 per month. I mean, wow. How, how do you do that? Right. I mean, if you just see, I have a 250 K in cash, which gives me 500 K uh, in buying power because I'm using a margin account here. And my goal is to make 180,000 per year. Now, uh, how much is this? This is, 30%. And this is where some people say, this is super boring. Why are you only going for 30%? Why are you not trying to make 100%? And you know it. I mean, based on the cash, it's actually 60%. But based on the buying power, it's 30%. Hey, if I can make 30 to 60%, I'm probably um, outperforming most of the hedge funds. And you said it earlier, for us private traders, it's easier to make money when you have a smaller account uh, than you have when you have uh, hundreds of millions or several billion dollars under management, right? But I think it's important to have realistic goals because I see that most traders put themselves under so much pressure. They quit their job. They might have $50,000 in their account and want to trade for a living. And I think this wow. is extremely challenging if you're trying to do this. If you only have 50000 in the account and trade for a living, well, it depends on your living expenses. I couldn't do this it. This, well, I, I tell you how you do do it, and I can pitch my company behind me, Bright Trading. This is exactly why we started Bright Trading, and I didn't start it, but Bob Bright started it um, in 1992, mm -hmm. uh, was because we had so many traders that wanted to trade for a living, and how do you make a living on a $50,000 account? You know, if you're doing well, 70% is unbelievable, but if you can do 10 to 20% a year, you're still beating the market. And if you're only got a $50,000 account, you're not living on 10 grand a year. Let's say you do 20%, yeah. you know, in the long run, it's tough to do 20% in the long run, even trading, you know, how are you doing it on a $50,000 account? So what Bright Trading did was we've got, you know, count people, they come be part of the firm, you know, come in with your 50 grand and we can obviously give you firm capital to trade with where you're trading with hundreds of thousands of dollars now. And then all of a sudden you can start to make money with that. So, right. I mean, that's where prop trading and there's a lot, not just break trading. I mean, there's a whole bunch of prop firms out there, but that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to capitalize the smaller traders so that you can actually do this. Yeah, because I, I think it's important that you're properly funded because you hear the story. I saw it yesterday. Roaring Kitty. Uh, what is it? The, the guy uh, who, who was famous for doing the GME yeah. craziness made twenty five million dollars. But he did not have a $10,000 account. I mean, here's a pretty substantial account to get started to make the $25 million. And again, is he able to do this again? For, for me, it's all about SRC profits. I call them this way. Systematic, repeatable, and consistent. Especially, yeah. as you said, when you let a trade for a living. Yeah, you, you cannot rely on this one trade that takes off. I mean, you said it earlier yet. Uh, what was it? Uh, Sunpower, SPWR, that went from $5 to $50. You know what? When this happens, it is Awesome. These are windfall profits. This is what uh, then buy you the, the new car, the new TV, the new freight, whatever, right? I mean, this is just great stuff, uh, but you cannot rely on those trades for a living. So this is where, for me, it's important that I have a, a methodology, a trading style that is producing consistent profits. And as you can see, it's not every single week, but it, it has to be every single month. <laughs> yes.
Uh, and that's what it is. It's about doing it. Like, I'm, I'm very methodical the way I trade, too. I'm trying to do the same thing, the same thing. Like you said, sometimes you get these markets, this is windfall money, you know, where you're in something and it's going. But what, you know, what do you, like, when you're when you're making those kind of, I think it's important to take some of those gains out, too. Oh, yeah. I mean, you're, you're taking gains out every single month to pay bills. But, you know, if you have a better month, do you take the extra money or do you let that ride? What, what happens when you have a really good month? No, I take, I take the extra money. I'd rather have a, a little bit of cushion in my checking account. Okay. You see, uh, this is this for me is is easier. So this way, if you think about it, I should be right now at forty-five to fifty thousand dollars. I already took uh, sixty-five thousand dollars out of my trading account that I realized in profit. So I have a cushion. Therefore, I don't feel the pressure right now. <gasps> must trade, must trade, because that's the worst thing. If you're sitting in front of the computer and say, "I must place a trade," because if I don't trade, I don't make any money. Well, here's the news. If you don't <laughs> trade, you also don't lose any money, right? I, I mean, you have this, <laughs> this angel and devil on your shoulder just <laughs> talking about, you must trade to make some money. No, I mean, if there's nothing to trade according to my trading style, then I don't. <laughs> so it, it, It's a great point. Uh, just for those waiting for PPI, it appears that the PPI data is stuck in the Suez Canal. So it, it, that's what I'm waiting. I'm like, are we getting the data here or what's going on? We're not getting the data. It's stuck in the suit <laughs> now. So stuck in the um, yeah, keep on waiting for that. But that's a great point that Marcus is saying about understanding what, in which types of environments your strategy is, is good for and which types it isn't good for. It's not, and there's no strategy that works all the time. Somebody asked if Marcus is on Twitter. Yes. At Rockwell trading. I'll put the link up in chat right now. It should yeah. be in the description of the video. Uh, right now, Marcus, any anything else on your radar for the week? Uh, you know, you, you talked about not pressing too hard. But that being said, is there anything else that that, that you have uh, or any trades that you're eyeing subs that you're eyeing for the next week or so? Well, you see, I'm I'm looking at the markets every day. I'm looking for opportunities every day. So I will scan again today. For me, it's not that I say, well, next week I'm planning to trade this. I, I'll see what happens today. And I want to find stocks that are moving down today. And I, in, in order for me to collect enough premium, they have to move down for at least 1%. If they're not down at least 1%, usually stocks that are down 2%, they're providing nice premium where I can buy at a decent support level. So that's what I'm looking for. It's nothing on the radar. As you know, my yeah. uh, my, my Hindenburg trade ride, I mean, yeah, it's still yeah, waiting to recover. The people want an update on that. Tell oh, us yeah, that. yeah, I can tell you. I mean, uh, what I did is, uh, so I, I uh, let me just uh, share my screen here so that you see what's happening. So we are getting somewhere. I'm still down $44,000, but I was able, I, you see, I bought this. Uh, let's just... Um, let me just show you on the chart really quick, and then we go back to the account here. Absolutely. So what happened with Ride? Let me just bring it up here, and then we go to the account. So I sold the um, the the twenty one fifty, and I got assigned seven. Uh, no, it was uh, four thousand seven hundred. Four thousand seven hundred shares at twenty one fifty, and then it tanked. Right. So what I did is that I sold more puts. At a strike price of 13. It's a little bit hard to see. So this means uh, I did another 2,300 shares <clears throat> at 13. And I did sell more at a strike price of 10. So this year, the blue line is a strike price of 10. I sold more puts, but I did not get assigned. Because as you can see, we never went as low as 10 here. So, But I have been able to bring uh, my break even down to $17.90. Now, right now, since Ride is just hovering around here, I'm waiting to see what's happening. And you see, for right, I believe that April 17th 
will be the day of reckoning because they said that they entered into this uh, off-road race, the Baja 250 or 500, something, the Baja race, uh, San Felipe, I believe. And uh, so this is where they said, our truck will be there. Now, if this truck does reasonably well, I, it doesn't have to win. But uh, the important thing is, it does not have to explode. I mean, if this explodes or goes up in flames three miles after the start, this will be really, really bad. But if you look right now at the implied volatility of the uh, of the April 23 options, especially the calls, it's off the charts. So it seems that there are some traders betting on, okay, maybe they're doing well and this is where they will go up and uh, so at this point for me there's nothing to do i was looking this week if you're moving a little bit lower if i can sell a few more of the 10 puts hopefully get a sign there uh lower my break even to probably then around uh 1550 and this is what i'm looking for right now i mean i'm waiting for the pop to go up and uh, right now since we are just uh, going sideways and i know that this chart nobody can see anything on there anymore i mean this could be a for i know it could be a completely different stock but i promise you it is right uh, anyhow uh, so this is where right now i'm waiting okay are they actually going further down that i can lower my cost basis to hopefully 1550 right now uh, as i said the break even is just shy of 18 dollars and uh, i mean we we have been trading uh, what yesterday at 12 dollar 50 12 dollar 60 so this is where it turned into a longer term investment than i wanted it to be i mean this is this is my one trade that is really really going bad looking at the other trades that uh, were negative uh, last time when we met uh, which was 2 weeks ago i, I mean apple was down like 8000 dollars it's down now, right now 2000 dollars so no big deal GDXJ was down four or five thousand dollars right now. I will get called away because I have the 48 calls. So I make money on GDXJ and GDXJ has just been awesome to me. GDXJ uh, thus far nineteen thousand dollars. So with this week's gains, uh, we probably go above twenty thousand dollars that I just made on GDXJ. And then there is Ride, and yes, Ride is still the the one below there. But you see. Uh, if you look at the realized profit thus far, every single trade has been a winning trade, and I do not let Wright uh, wreck this. Uh, so I'm I have a plan, and I'll move forward with my plan. So we'll we'll get there. You, you'll be part of this journey. Nothing to hide here. I'm fully transparent, and we, this is something we're really okay. We do love your transparency, guys. guys smash the like button. He might be the most transparent trader that we've ever had on the show. He is very transparent, showing your account. We appreciate all that stuff. The transparency is there. We love your transparency, Marcus. Oh, thanks. I love being on the show. You guys are awesome. Love we love you. you too. Smash that like, guys. Thanks a lot, Marcus. Have a great weekend. All right. Thank you. All right. Uh, 8.49. Uh, Jason Ransing was here for a moment. He's in the car, I think. I think we're doing one of these car things. He's not oh, here no. yet. So uh, when, he, when Dri he driving and going to do the show, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's not. Yeah, I'll let you know if he walks in behind me. But I don't. I don't Nobody like needs autonomous driving more than Jason. <laughs> That's the truth. <laughs> okay. I kind of worry about the other people on the road. So, <laughs> well, let's do a couple of uh, tickers from chat here. Uh, in, in the meantime, let's start with Alibaba if we can. Um, I'm still long it. <laughs> this has really been you, you talk to Marcus about you know stocks in your portfolio that are not holding their weight. The Alibaba position has been a, a dog in my portfolio for a while here now. I have it. We know I have it when I thought Jack Ma was dead. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I'm still holding on to the other half. Yeah, I I thought I thought this would be resolved by now. Uh, but it's not rallying enough. It's like it's not, not getting off the mat. 
and that's Ow. concerning. Like you've had all the mega caps, you've had a lot of rally back, and even some of the China stocks, it just hasn't participated. Been a perennial underperformer. If you're looking for a catch-up trade, it might be there, but I think there's still a lot of issues here with how Chinese regulators are looking at Alibaba, and it's under Chinese scrutiny. I don't know what that means. It's why I haven't added to it. That's There's no, yeah, I mean, you did, and then it had that one rebound, and I got back half of that move, and that was just like a biggest selling opportunity. Now you're coming down here, and you're hanging out longer, right? Here when you came down and you did that, uh, you made that low, uh, boom, you shot right back out of there. I think we even have to go back on the charts a little bit now. Uh, see right here when you made that initial low, you kind of hung out. You're really hanging out here a long time. I guess you could lead on the low of the move if you're if you're looking at this. That's uh, two eleven twenty eight. But let's see. I guess shorter term, where are we at? We're at two twenty five oh one. I don't know. Two twenty two twenty two twenty forty two is your next daily support level. Uh, what about Qualcomm here? Welcome. Where does this is the P got any higher on this thing after the the uh, monster rally? Is it still pretty reasonable? That's still reasonable, even after the monster rally. This was just yeah. Sean Udall's best call he ever gave us. I know. I mean, was. you know, and I bought some at sixty. I wish I would have just loaded up. I this one that I bought in March almost got the bottom sixty one. There was two stocks about Microsoft and Qualcomm, and I wish I would have just loaded up everything in March and this one from 60 to 160 i sold half i sold half of it i held on a long time i think i sold half of it when it doubled like from the 60 to the 120 and i was like okay i'm selling half and now i'm completely playing with the house's money forever um and i often do that i used to always do that in my long-term portfolio when the stock doubles i sell half and then i never look at it again and then i'm never gonna lose on that stock i don't know if it's the best way to play it because i wish i still had some of these halves from some of those really good stocks that i picked but qualcomm is still a great company 5G is not going away. The dividend is still reasonable. The valuation is reasonable. I'd be a buyer of pullbacks. I still own the stock. Uh, 141. I mean, you could go a little bit below that. Multiple highs, 4037, 4050, 4023, trading down a buck. Also with some highs in late February. So it's pausing. You know, it had the, you know, the rally off the low. It's just pausing here. But uh, next leg up, really got to clear that 140 and a half. That's what I'm looking at in Qualcomm. I asked what people were watching earlier in the hour, and someone said American Airlines. How would you approach a name like that right now? Let's go take a look. It's just rallied so much. I know. $14.24. You're looking at you know a price where we were prior. This is where it was trading almost prior to the pandemic starting. And yes, we're going to have a a great reopening trade, but you've already made that money from it. I mean, there's already people that have made a lot of money from American airlines back, you know, 11, 12, 14, 15, 20, 23, 25. Now you're back to where you were. And are the airlines really in better shape than they were before the pandemic? I mean, we can say we're going to have crazy travel and yeah, if everybody's going to start traveling again, it's going to be good, but there's still business travel that is going to suffer long-term. And I, there was some dilution in here too. So yeah. the stock is back up. It probably 
you know, from a market cap perspective, you know, and then the same thing with NCLH, you got to consider those dilution factors that this stock is actually from a market cap perspective, probably a significantly higher because of all the dilution. So you can't just look at the price and say, oh, it was 30. It's going to go back there. No, they diluted the, sh- the crap out of it. So, <laughs> I mean, you can't just look at it like heads in, and compare. You're not comparing apples and apples anymore. You're comparing apples and oranges. It's the same reason like Citigroup. You know, look what happened with Citigroup. Look at the long-term chart of Citigroup. I want to teach something here right now. Go back to before the financial crisis. And people like Citigroup's been the best stock. I wish I would have just held that stock forever. You know, like, and I'd just be, you know, it's right up near all-time highs. No, it's not. Go back. Go back further. Oh, look what happened. Dilution <laughs> station. This is what happens when you dilute the hell out of your equity. You never come back. Investors in Citigroup are at the long term in 2007 were in at a reasonable price of 500, but because they had to dilute because the government actually knew what they were doing back then, they actually took a big chunk of the company um, to to pay them off um, to, to 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 bail them out. You never got it back. Bring up AIG. Bring up AIG. I just want to teach something that when you have massive dilution, not that AL massive dilution, it's not a pure comparable, but you've got to consider those factors. You know, here's AIG. Oh, cool, 1400 Stocks only go up. Ask the AIG investor who was investing at a PE probably of one or two back in 2007. Or not one or two, or, or like a, a reasonable PE, like yeah, 15 yeah. 20. It wasn't a crazy, you know, valuation, but they almost collapsed and they had to get bailed out and they had to dilute significantly, dilute the equity holders to, in order to, you know, to survive. And that's where, you know, AIG, 1400 to $46. I'm not saying AL. AL obviously doesn't look anything like that. But you have some dilution. So you can't just compare to where it was before and afterwards. Got to look at the dilution. Look at where the market cap is, not just the stock price. I'll just put my long-term cap on for this one because we're in no man's land. But the last leg of this, uh, you had a, a, a nice rally. You got up to... Just over 20, was that 26 that you got to? Or was it, yeah, 26.09. And then, you know, you had a good round of profit taking. You came back, you got half of it. And you're thinking, man, I want to go back to 26. And no, no can do. You found sellers. So now you've lost the 50%. I just maybe use the close from today, 23.55. I think what the bulls want to see is like you just hang out here, you you know, you make a couple lows above 23, you gain some momentum, consolidate, and make another run up. But uh, I'd keep it right here, this area, down two cents. Keep an eye on today's close, you know, yesterday's close, 23.65. That might be the exact 50% retracement. Uh, a lot of good info there. A lot of good info there, guys. What? Let's do a couple more, and then, and then Raz is going to hop on. Uh, what about a stock like Walmart? I just saw a headline this morning. Walmart is uh, getting out of the McDonald's business. You know, there's a lot of restaurants within within the within their 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 locations, and they're all they're closing essentially. So it's 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 less rent. How come? Because no one no one shops in person anymore. Everyone shops online. There's no reason to to eat while you shop if you're going to shop from home. Um, so you know, less less rent revenue for Walmart. There, it did gap down. That gap that you see on the chart on earnings. The- that was earnings, and it's right back there now. Yeah, it is. Very interesting area. Uh, trading down 70. We want to see it get into this gap area. It's come this far. It's got someone's obviously saying, I don't care about the gap, Phil. I'm selling on 141, targeting the 141 area. So there you go. You got to clear out that seller there, and maybe you go fill the gap. And you got matching lows on the downside here, and we are through those matching lows. So 
I, not a good setup day uh, for Walmart. Resistance is now at the pair of lows, 139.65.66. All right, we do. Oh, we do. PPI is out if you care. Uh, no, I do because the banks are rallying and the market's selling All off. Right. So uh, the market actually does care about this. PPI increased 1% in March, seasonally adjusted. Uh, and then, yeah, 0. 0.4. Ooh, let's see. Inflation. All right. Um, anyway. Inflation, shocker. You mean there's actually inflation? No, there's no inflation. <laughs> there's no such thing as inflation. Let's Let's bring on the man with a plan. Jason Rasnick in the office. Yes. Good morning. How are y'all? Good morning. Look at that fancy mic you, you got. You called in from the car and I booted you because I wanted you to drive safe. You didn't boot me. I mean, I don't know if you know how to hit the mute button, mute button, but I, uh, you had this guy Rockwell trading going on and on and on and on. I was tired of waiting. It was 848. Uh, I was supposed to be on 845, so I just closed the browser. All right. All right. All right. Next, next time, put me properly. Hey, it, it wasn't a debate. I, I closed the browser because I was, I was, it was three minutes late. Okay. You know me; I like to be on time all the time. Okay, okay. come on. All right. Um, How now, are you doing today? Uh, now you're lucky, Spencer. Though one thing I didn't do yesterday, Neil was on, and I hit the end button of his broadcast. I ruined I his it. broadcast. I heard and, it. And, and when I and when I was leaving your room because I was, you were two and a half minutes delayed. I, whatever, I was leaving your room, and I um. I almost hit end now again. They don't make it. The software doesn't make it obvious when you want to just leave. It yeah. makes you end up. So I like I looked at it. I'm like, I could end this broadcast right now. That so, would be, so, so, so then, Spencer, there'd been no debate who booted who because I would have been the one ending the broadcast. Yeah. Um, now, I, I, before we get into anything, Easy Mike wrote, please tell Raz to be careful. Oh, are you talking, what, what's he talking about? I uh, Maybe from yesterday. I think that's what he's referring to. When you, you, you ended Neil's broadcast – Oh, okay, okay. I think it's um, about his driving, or his driving. Or I think it's the driving. Oh, okay, driving. But he has right. autonomous driving, so we're okay. Yeah, yeah. My driving, we have nothing. When when you're when you're driving, when I I literally don't touch the wheel. I literally don't touch it, Dennis. Somewhere, I literally do not touch my wheel. There doesn't there does not need to be a steering wheel in my car except for when I park <laughs> in a parking spot. I swear, it's so. Uh, amazing. It Isn't is there so... an automatic like parallel park button too on the thing? Yeah, yeah, there is. And I don't have, I don't, I didn't pay for the that part of the car. Well, that part I have, but I didn't pay for the the auto drive. What I have is like an expressway and main streets. But if I paid for the auto drive thing, then my neighborhood and a parking. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like so literally, Dennis. I I could be doing work on computer. You know. You don't need to touch the wheel, it, and, it, and it's so. And they trade stocks. It, it, and they're it, like, it, "Oh, I'm there. This is where we're gonna. This is where we're going. It's yeah. where we're going, though." Yeah, it, it's it, it's. Um, the steering wheel becomes you know, just a keyboard with attached to your you know thinker swim account. <laughs> um, ex- yeah, exactly. Okay, so now we got to get into we got to get into some trades. We got to get some action here. I had my e trade account open. Um, Joel, did you see the guy? Noah wants to swim with you. I, I, I told him all about it. <laughs> Trust me. Okay. So well, it's, someone sent an email, uh, basically that they want to hop in the pool with Joel and I, I don't know how I came involved in this. Yeah. But somehow I'm involved, but really Joel's a swimmer of, of, of the bunch. Uh, so yeah, Joel, Joel is aware of that. Maybe yeah. we'll do, uh, the motor city mile in, uh, the Detroit river this year on the 4th of July. 
All right. Yeah. Well, we know what we do it every week, though, twice a week. Um, and by the way, Rockwell Trading, I, I use his trades. The guy's very good. I just, in my car, the reason I had to get out of the car is because yeah. I was pulling into the underground structure. Uh -huh. And so I go out of service. So at 845, I would have made it for my 10 minute appearance. And so, so you guys who don't like Rockwell or do like Rockwell, I actually love Rockwell. I've learned a lot from him over the years. And I'm talking about not just three years, like 10 years. So uh, one of the first guys I discovered when I got into these markets. Um, so for all the haters out there. All right. Now we got to talk first about Spencer's good friend. We got to talk about Spencer's good friend. No, we can't talk about him. I don't even know who my good friend. He's my good friend. What do you mean, dude? You Gordon Johnson. Oh, no. Gordo. You love Gordo. Gordo. No. Jason's a Gordo fan. Oh, my God. So <laughs> Gordon Johnson, he, Spencer brought him on. I got I got ambushed. I got ambushed um, uh, by Gordo one day. I didn't have any data. All of a sudden, he came on after, after Kathy Wood talking about how Tesla's getting so beaten down in Norway and Europe. Well, Mr. Gordo didn't know. You know Tesla wasn't even able to ship to Norway at the time. Well, now Tesla is, and now Tesla's number one by far um you know and so it is a beautiful thing i gonna tweet to gordo this morning so if you don't follow me on twitter jason oh, Raznick, please, Jason. gordo and i are about to get it, maybe gordo won't respond back to me he probably won't or no he probably will oh, i think he will he will uh, and i got the tesla bulls ready to go there's a whole thing we got a whole plan it's it's about to happen this morning what is your thoughts on tesla let's go to the stock because it's holding up it's been hit yep the stock is starting to show some life Yep. Um, obviously after, you know, two months where it's been going down. So obviously got overbought at the time. It's kind of corrected here. Give us your thesis going forward here on Tesla. So Tesla, I like the stock, Dennis. I definitely like it. I like it, like it. I own a lot, but here's my, have here you sold is, any? Yes. I sold a ton. I sold, I mean, not, I mean, I started, I started this year with maybe a, yes, I sold 40, I sold 31% of my position. It was at 1.61% of my portfolio, and Joel was having a conviction, uh, conniption, which she's right. Which he's right. He's <laughs> That's right. Too much of your portfolio. Yeah, he's, he's right. He's right. Now it's 34%, still high, but I, you know, it, it's gone down from 61% to 34%, which is, um, you know, what have you. So, um, and here, here's what I was, was going to say um, on Tesla. The thing that a lot of people like in the chat, for example, who are here and don't see me normally, don't know my personality, whatever, just like you don't you don't know Tesla's personality. You don't know what's going to happen, what Tesla has in store. And so what's happening right now is there's new cars introduced. Ford has the, you know, the Mustang that you're going to see more of this Infinity one come out. And all those things going out, um, coming out are going to hurt Tesla in a short term trade. They are because people are like, oh, my God. Tesla finally has competitors. It's been 15 years, but 10 years, but now Tesla has competitors. Oh my God. Then they're going to be, then they're going to sell off Tesla in the short term until, until Tesla continues to beat them with numbers and products. There are so many products in the pipeline, like the, the Tesla semi, but not even that, the one that the weird looking, you know, pickup truck that everyone makes fun of or what have you, that car, I swear is going to be the best selling truck ever in the history of the United States. I, I, I swear. I haven't talked to a, like, I'm, I mean, like I'm getting that truck. My friend, my, my friend, Joel is getting the first one that comes to Michigan. It's such a no brainer truck. You don't have to ever worry about someone scratching your car, your door handles, hitting it doors. It's just a no brainer truck. I cannot wait to get that car. 
Tesla has a ton in its pipeline. And then you're going to finally see solar come through uh, towards the end of this year. And it, so there, there is promise. But the 686 level, Dennis, I get nervous because these new intros, new introductions, obviously Tesla's market share is going to go down. That's, that's in Kathy Wood's plan, too, because um, that way, you know, because they're going to take share. So that that is just an absolute fact. How she come up with a three thousand? Is there what's her price target? Three thousand now. So she comes. Well, no. Uh, yeah, it was that. Th- I don't know what it is, uh, Spencer. Maybe you yeah. can put it in the thing. Yeah. Okay. So she comes up with it for four reasons, but the two main ones that she comes up with is the is the part of the the taxi network. Okay, is the taxi network where so you, uh, Joel's Joel's te- Tesla can be used for a taxi, and make money. I actually think it's something else, though, and I don't think she has it in her equation. So there's a low, there's another thing that no one has talked about, and you can hear it here first in the pre-market prep. And we've done we've done this many times with Tesla over the years. So here's another one no one's talked about. So maybe someone's talked about, but not many. So Tesla has this insurance product, right? And they just do it in two states right now. I think Tesla is going to make a ton of money on their insurance product and have it in all 50 states, and it's going to be recurring income for them, just like Warren Buffett does with all his insurance products, AIG and all that kind of stuff, because Tesla is going to have better data than anyone else with all the stuff it tracks. So all this stuff, robo-taxing, if it happens in the next two years, I don't know. I mean, the quality of the driving is amazing, but this insurance product is happening, and it's going to be a recurring subscription fee. They're also going to change the $10,000 auto drive thing, or whatever you want to call it, to a recurring subscription fee. So these things are going to be in the, on the horizon. Elon Musk has not said anything about this insurance thing becoming a huge part of the business like this with a recurring subscription and making huge margins on it. But I think that's on its way, well on its way. Yeah, the the, the margin assumption that I, I remember that uh, that that stuck out to me in in the Ark Invest model that they released is the the assumption on those crazy crazy insurance margins that that yes. that stuck out as like a as like a, a huge question mark a, a, a massive assumption on the Ma- part of massive of yeah yes Matt no doubt Spencer but I do what? think there's so much uh, margin to, to be made there. My only challenge to Kathy is she coming up with the price target and then trying to find the means to justify the price target, or is she doing the homework and then coming up with the price target? I think she's because... doing. This, I think she's doing the second. I think she's doing the second. She's doing the homework and then the price target. So basically, she. I would I, hope she's doing it that she, way. She. I mean, I think there's no question she is. I mean, because, why, why would well, you, no, why would you pick a number out of thin air? That's ridiculous. Because I'll tell you, Jay, the majority of investors out there do the price target and then try to come up with the reason why it'll go to their price target. Cause they want it to go there. It's oh. natural human tendency. Well, it's natural human tendency to want your stocks to go higher. It's natural human tendency to find a reason for why you own the stocks. Totally I think that's right. where a lot of people do make mistakes is that they, you know, want to own the stock and then they go try to find the reasons to own that stock as opposed to doing research and then finding the right stocks to buy. So a lot of people do it backwards. And I'm not saying Kathy's doing it backwards. I'm just like, when I see that and she's reaching, you know, on some stuff, I wonder if there isn't, you know, a little bit of human tendency in there to come up. I mean, she was already right once with the ridiculous price targets. Obviously, if the next one's right, Tesla's going to be by far the most valuable company in the world. So it's going to have to do a lot more than just cars. Okay, so totally agree. I would say 95% 
of people who are giving making price targets are doing it based on a price and not doing the homework first. They're just saying, okay, it's, it's going to get to hundred dollars and then I'll do my homework. That's 95% yeah. of people, but that is normal because they don't have models and doing numbers on, you know, on uh, liquidation values or um, what this, the tax deferment and, um, you know, the, the credits, the carbon credits. So when you're an analyst and you're a, a firm like that and you have, and you could afford to have analysts, Dennis to do the hard work. I think she, they, I think they have intense financial models that they remodel and put this into an equation, like um, just like a financial investment model or investment banker would do. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the average person doesn't have those kind of things. So I personally, like, so when I bought Upwork, Dennis, and I told you, like, I liked it, I didn't necessarily yeah. have a price target because I don't have the models to do the P rate. A long time ago, I did. You like the story. Yes, I like the story. A long time ago, Dennis, I, um, I, I did it. You know, I did those models. I... I did those financial models where I put in the data and it took me a long time and I was able to figure out for Yahoo, but, um, I like the story. I'm a, I'm a story guy. Like I said, Dennis, I would love to be a fly in the wall in your room to see how you, how you do it. And, and I would say there's another guy yesterday, this options guy we had on the show and then Rockwell, like how you guys do it because I do it on stories. Like the, um, let's see what other stocks, like I own TripAdvisor. Can I, hey, Ross, can I, I, I just want to interrupt here for a second. I, you know, Kathy's targets notwithstanding, uh, I have a small piece of the stock. I, I look at this, and if I if it was 31% of my portfolio, I would be really concerned. Yeah, I really I'm, would be. Yeah, I'm not. I, because, I, I think because, it's I mean, it's, <laughs> and the only thing. He believes in it. I believe I, in it. I, I, I would much rather own this thing at 725 than right here. I mean, you had a big break. You had a break from 900 down to 540. That's a double bottom on the monthly. And you tried to come back halfway and it stopped it dead in the tracks. It went down on uh good news on the, uh, on the Kathy target. It went down on good news on the delivery. I mean, it's just, you know, you don't have an S and P catalyst behind it anymore. And I mean, you know, maybe it's not going to 500 and maybe it's not going to 800. I could see it. Maybe it's just going to trade between six and 700 for a long time. But I don't think you you could be super bullish to stock until it gets back over 720. I just can't get that number out of my head. So, you know, you're good. You got yourself in. You're getting yourself out of part of it. But the longer it takes to get over 720, the more I'd be concerned. And I don't even want to do a projection of this move here. That was a 350 point move. You know, I'm not going to get crazy and do uh, 350 minus 720, but just keep an eye on that. I, I don't like the way the chart looks right now. I mean, uh, one thing – Go ahead. I was going to say, just to, to, to help Jason out here with his argument too, is, I mean, Jason's in this for the long term, and a lot of times, you know, I, on this show, I make the same mistake too all the time, and I do it with my long-term portfolio as I look at something, I was like, okay, I think it's going to struggle, and you, you make a short-term call, and it hurts you in the long term. So it's tough – you know, just, you know, using technicals. I mean, if you believe in the story and you believe in the valuation, you believe it can go higher. Some of my best long-term investments were the ones that I didn't look at, look at you know, the yep. chart in the short term on. But, you know, we're market timers, me and you, Joel. So it's hard for us to separate that. Where I, I, know, yeah, I see, it's it's, just, I see I mean, the level you're talking about. I completely agree with your analysis. It's just a matter of, you know, if you still believe in the story and you believe that, you know, Tesla can do a lot more things than just sell cars. Yes. Um, then, then, you know, that's why you probably hold on to it despite, you know, not even looking at the technicals. Yeah. And um, you guys 
are both right, right? Like, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> we might both be wrong. Yeah, there yeah. we go. No, but like, I'm a newbie when it like, I'm there was a time when I sold my call options too early on the Tesla, and you guys told me not to, and you guys are right. I don't, I'm not an expert at technicals. I'm not an expert at what Rockwell does. I'm not an expert at option stuff. I'm not an expert at how you do your trades, how you, you Dennis, you go short the ETF spy or, or the spy, and then you go long, you know, uh, game You're not stop. a market timer. What uh, you yeah. are is a, you're, you're an investor in story. Yeah. yeah, you're the fundamentals. Yeah, and, and and that's what I do. So I don't, and I, and, I, and I can't put the time in that I would love to like I used to in the market because I, you know, we have other things I have to do and stuff. Really? And here, I, I didn't know you did it. <laughs> Wait, and I want to show my screen. Hold on. How do I do that? I, I mean, what, what, what do I lose? Add a screen. Okay, there it is. So this this is my, I'll make it bigger so you can see. This is where Joel is making a valid point. Like he's saying, Jason, look, your Tesla position is just out of whack. You know, it's 34% um there you go so wait is it too small still let's see can you no, see, we see it we see it we got okay you. so that's where he he's probably right now i i did take a big position in something um it uh this week i think it was i don't know guys but <laughs> i did it live on the show because i was just like you know what f it and i waited uh, dennis so i wanted to buy these shares on the dip it was penn national i wanted to buy the shares i originally bought them at 40 and i bought a ton this week but um, well, a ton all relative, I guess. But I uh, waited till I went live on the show. Like I, I wanted to buy it, and there was another show going. So the stock was at a hundred, but I, I waited because I didn't want to buy it and then say, hey, guys, I bought Penn. So the stock goes up because I said it. You know what I mean, like that kind of thing. So I said, guys, I'm buying Penn right now. So I had to wait an extra three bucks, which was annoying for me because I already own Penn. But I bought a bunch more when the whole sex tape with uh, Dave Portnoy came out, um, and he just you know talked about it, owned it. And I think you're going to see Penn back at 120. Uh, I I'm still like Penn. I love the Penn story. It just got too far extended for me. So I still like. I think the sports gambling story, the sports betting story, is not going away. Um, I still have a big position in GNOG. Um, that's the way I was playing because I thought it was a, a sleepy way to play it. It hasn't really worked out as well as I thought it would have. Uh, DKNG and Penn. I was playing both of those at one time. I've sold my pen. I kind of want to get back in my pen. I actually sold my pen right around this price. I could get my shares back, although I had to pay the tax. This is so the this one. Is a this is the one downside too, Joel. With your other argument is you got to pay the bloody tax. You know, I bought it at sixty, sold one hundred and five, so I got a forty-five. You know, I realized gain there. If I still had the shares, yeah. I wouldn't have had to pay the tax. Oh, that's it's, my biggest issue with Tesla, by the way. It is. That it is. I sold a bunch of Tesla this year, and I and and I don't want that tax bill. I, I've well, only got 13 minutes before the open. I've got to go. Yeah, um, I'm going to I still played for Jason because I hadn't talked to Jason in so long. I wanted to Yeah, it's been a while. So, I know. Uh, I know. Keep an eye on 110, Jason. That's that's my line in the sand for there. Now, you said you bought it and you think it's going to 120. So it sounds like this is a uh, more of an intermediate trade for you. Yes. But, man, once once you get through 110, then I think you, you got a shot at your target. But at, yeah. I'm as, I feel as convicted – I feel more convicted about the Tesla 720 than I do about the uh, Pen 110, but keep an eye on 110. Yeah, I mean, and just real quick on that Tesla uh, on the Pen thing, I bought too many shares than I'm like comfortable with, I guess. At the where I, so that's why I'm looking for. If it hits 112, I'll probably trim a little bit of the position. Okay, but I still like the thing. And then Joel, you're going out of town next week, and my question is, well, Dennis, are you have to get out, or he already left? Okay, yeah, already so gone. Joel, my my question for you is, when you're out of town, man. Are you um, checking the markets? Like, are you guys going hiking in a mountain with no internet? 
Like, what, what are you doing? You don't have to tell us exactly where you're going because you don't want all the, you know, your crazy, rabid fans coming. But what, 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 what how are you doing this stuff? Uh, I, I'm really, I, I normally like unplug. I'm super unplugging this time. I mean, I will, you know, I'll probably, you know, I have my phone with me. So the phone, you know, I can check, you know, quotes and, you know, S&Ps and things like that. But I'm it's just, it's been over a year since I've even been out of the state. I'm just, I got like two, three books. I'm just going to walk on the beach and sunshine and just, you know, just, just forget about the market. Not going to look at Twitter. I'm just totally unplugging. I just really looking forward to that. And if the market, you know, my long-term stuff, you know, is my long-term stuff, I won't be making any adjustments. But, uh, yep, it's it's an unplugged kind of week for me. All right, Joel, I'll talk to you uh, at 3.30 for at the close. And, okay. Uh, All right, Raz. I'll see you in the pool, Joel. I, I spent, Spencer's sending you on your way, it sounds like. So All right. take it easy, yeah. man. All right. Uh, what's happening? And, Raz, I have a solution for your Tesla tax problem. Just make, start making some bad trades. And yeah, then, I, have, I have. I Spencer, right. I I have some bad trades. So let, let me scroll yeah. down just real quick. Let me let's keep a fair disclosure. Um, yeah. that API Agora uh, Spencer yeah, that I bought. You got some red. I see that. Yeah, that Agora. Uh, I bought Gan. I I trimmed my Gan a ton. I had uh, a bunch of shares, Spencer. I trimmed my Gan. But look, Jet Blue down, yeah. Wind down, um, yeah. Wingstop down thirteen percent. Now I'm still. Oh my believer. god. I'm still a believer. I'm still a believer. <laughs> if, if, if if only the chat could know, I, I, I don't know how big a percentage Benzinga's uh, Benzinga will account for Wingstop's earnings, but it'll be substantial because yep. we we get we spend a lot of money at Wingstop. All right, <laughs> put it that way. Yeah, we do. And so I'm gonna keep the buy. I'm gonna keep buying, but but uh, yeah. So that Wingstop one. So I, I I definitely have made as I'm making more trade, Spencer. Yeah, I see mistakes like six. This is the this is the you know amusement park. Yeah, I said with COVID reopening, I'm buying, and actually down six percent. I may buy more. Um, TripAdvisor, I'm down fifteen percent. I will buy more when it goes down twenty percent. When it goes down another five percent, I'm buying more on Trip. Smile Direct doesn't matter. Look, look how small the these ones. Well, these ones don't matter because the portfolio is so small. So, yeah. um, but uh, you know, and I still like STKS. Yes, guys, and okay, I'll I'll just quick I'll just a quick uh answer. Um, all right. SUI Sun Communities. I've owned since a long time. It's manufactured homing, homing, manufactured homes, and now boats and stuff. Yes, I like it. I own it. I've owned it for ten years. I mean, you could see the return on it. It's kind of crazy. Um, I own certain. So I remember, I don't know technicals, guys. So I just own stocks for for the story. Know, He's a story guy. A story guy and, and management and insider stuff. Um, yeah, JetBlue, you're kicking my butt on it. it hurts, Kramer. I mean, I, listen, I. I don't know, man. I, I I don't I don't win on them all. That's a, a you know it's 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 right here. You guys are seeing one of my this is one of my portfolios. So yeah. someone said I don't own any, own any RKT. I actually do own RKT, that's, but that's it's in another account that I will not look at for six years or four years. So that is that's a, that's a fact. Um, so I don't know. Um, Bill.com. That's a Luke Jacoby recommendation. That's up twenty four percent, and I wish it was a bigger part of the portfolio. Um, I never looked at percentage of portfolios until like recently, which was stupid. And I should have been looking at it. Leslie pool supply. I've been all over this one. So Spencer, I have high, I wish I could show high conviction versus low conviction Yeah. in this portfolio. There's probably out of say 35 stocks. There's 15 that are high conviction out of the 15 that I'm high conviction on. 
I'm probably up on 12 of them. Yeah, well, that's where that's your size can be how you show that. You're small. That's a, size. You're a good point. Good point. Uh, I don't know why you don't do it like that. Yeah, I should. Yeah, I should. You're right. Good point. Thank you, Spencer Israel. You are right on this stuff. I should yeah. be doing that. And Joel's right, guys. You shouldn't have 35% of your money in one stock. Like, it's stupid. It's stupid of me. I've been shorting, I've been going lower, but I just, I don't know. It's like, it's hard. I don't know. Like, I, uh, you know, I have that FOMO. I, I sell shares. And then it goes up to a thousand nine hundred dollars. I'm like, oh my god, that would have been so much money. It's like that kind of thing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it, it's hard to argue because it it's worked for you, but like it, it it's risky, but it's also worked. So it's hard to like you know it's hard to talk against it because right, so. right. Um, just to jump in here, my question would be for your Tesla shares. I'm sure you have some also in your investment account, right? Like the one that you have with RKT, just put away. No. I think that's what I would recommend. I would recommend grabbing some shares that you're going to hold for or life transfer, transfer, and then do, do have your trading shares also. Just do like an in-kind transfer between. I, you know, he's right. He's yeah. right. I, I should sure. do that. He's yeah. right. I don't. And the reason I don't, Mitch, is when I bought those shares, it was in this in my new account. I called it Rasnik Fund. I was like going to start a hedge fund. And this is my hedge fund account, okay. Rasnik Fund, but I don't have them there. How but can I right. invest? How <laughs> can I short it? Yeah, how can you short it? Hey, listen, uh, the Mr. Market isn't always so kind. You got to, you know, we had a, I mean, you, you, you listen, the market, the market is the market, right? And so you just has to come but like Voyager. Someone's asked me, yes, I still own Voyager, but it says 1.86%. I own a lot more Voyager than that. It's in another account that I don't even have access to right now. So um, I have to like yeah. get into it. And then TAST, I still own. I said I was going to sell in March because my one year time, I get the 20% capital gains, whatever tax. I still haven't sold it. I probably should start trimming some TAST and then Upwork. I did trim some, but just maybe not not enough. And the FOMO really, really, really gets me. And I and I, that's my thing with Tesla. Um, I will tell you this: if Tesla gets to seven fifteen, seven twenty, I'll trim a little more. I'll trim a little more. Like, I'll, but when I say I trim, let's say I have six hundred shares, I'll sell ten shares. Like that's how I do it. Um, so it's a, I am out of Del Taco. I've owned Del Taco forever. I think I'm out of it. I don't see it in this account. If I have it, it's under $5,000. I'm basically, I've owned Del Taco for six years. It made some money, but I am out. I'm pretty much out of Del Taco. I don't know. I got tired of waiting. The stock, I mean, the, the tacos are great, Mitch. Have you ever had any? Uh, no, no, Spencer. Spencer, have you had any? I like them. You know, have you had? Anyone had Del, Del, Del Taco? Great, great tacos. Bullish Del Taco. Uh, I'll tell you, they used to be part of maybe some late night drunken college nights. It was right next to my dorm. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and you guys, average cost, by the way, is such a misnomer because I bought Tesla at $38 before the split. So do five to one. Yeah. I bought it at what's what's five. To, so I bought it at Tesla at $8. Okay. And then I was this idiot. Okay. I want to say I was a clear idiot because when it went up, a little bit to $78 pre-split. I'm like, wait, I thought I had another 100 shares. I didn't. I'm like, wait, I don't want to buy another 100 shares because my dollar cost will look higher. My return percentage will be down. Do you know how stupid that is? You're looking at the percentage gain and your dollar cost. Don't look at that. Look at the dollar amounts. Yeah. If I would have bought another 100 shares at $78, Spencer, so 78 divided by five. So A divided by five is like 15, 18 or something or 15, whatever. I would add another 100 shares. It would be another $400,000. The only reason I didn't spend it, the only reason is because I didn't want my dollar cost to look at one my percentage gain to be higher. I swear to God, dumbest thing I've ever done in the market. And and it's like I play blackjack by rules. Like 
if there's a 16, there's 10, I always hit. I look at my rules. Yeah, and I and I got to do the same thing with the stock market, but I don't because I want to look. I want the highest percentage gain. Like, to be honest, my 10,000% gain in some communities is terrible. I should have bought more shares. I mean, I just, I'm a moron when it comes to some of this stuff. It was just me looking at the numbers. So that's the truth. All right, Jason Rasnick, uh, I, are we going to be seeing you later on the stream? What, what exactly is happening with that? Do you know? What are we talking about? We're talking about the the quarterly thing today. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. And that's what I, I figured. I, I really don't know. Um, you know okay. uh, I, wait, there one guy wanted to say said something to you, Spencer. I wanted to address his question for you. I saw it. Right. It was irrational exuberance. Um, but I do like some communities. If you're asking me that, sorry. Um, oh, and I uh, Steve Delaney at the IRA account. I need help on that. I don't know how to like move stuff to a Roth and all this kind of stuff. So. Um, you guys gotta teach me. I don't, Hey guys, I don't have all the answers. Benzinga's here. It's for us by us. I'm learning. I learn from Joel, Dennis, Spencer, Mitch, everyone. I'm learning. I don't have all the answers. If you guys ask me, Hey, on a day trade, I have like six to eight stocks that I love. And I think they're going to be up 30% higher in the next six months. I mean, when I say think I'm like fairly confident it is unless the market takes a, a deep nosedive. And so look, I didn't swear there because I'm just respecting Joel. And, um, and, and so I don't have, like, I know what I know. I believe Leslie Pool Supplies is a no-brainer buy. Like, how do you not buy that stock right now? I don't understand. That's just what I know. That's it. Like, I know what I know, and that's what I do. I like to learn from other people. Rockwell Trading, do you guys hear how he was looking at his trades? Like, how he does? It's just, like, such, like, strong methods and sound. He's been doing it for 15 years, maybe probably longer. And, and, like, the guy yesterday who does options based on charts, weekly options, I have no clue how to do that stuff. So I'm just one perspective of many, and there's such good ones out there, and that's why we do this stuff. Um, it's, it's why, to be honest, guys, between us, I don't want to say it too loud, but it's why we can outperform big hedge managers because we have the power of the community, the power of the smarts. Like I said, I don't know how to do the IRA to Roth thing, uh, uh, perspective. We'll probably do a show. We'll get some people to do help. Yeah, backdoor Roth. Hi, Ding. I heard about the backdoor Roth where you put it in an IRA and you transfer to a Roth. I don't know how to do it. I have a friend that was going to show me last weekend, and then I just get bored, and I don't call him to do it. But, yes, I would love a show of that and do it. Yes, I own BTN. I own a lot of BTN. I mean, guys, real quick before he, before he kicks me off, yep. here's my percentage of my portfolio. There it is. BTN, 3.96%. This is the percentage in this trading one. This does not include Rocket. It does not include Google. It does not include Apple. It does not include, um, I don't know. Like, I've owned Google since the day of the IPO. I never, never sold a share. So, um, you know, whatever. I mean, like, I didn't, I'm not like rich off it, but it definitely yeah. has gone up. Yeah. All right, guys, smash the like button for Jason. Spend just spend a half hour with us, uh, and he's got a big day. Uh, he's got to he's got to do a a company wide meeting all day, presentation all day. So I'm gonna let Jason go cram for that. I know he still has more planning to do, perhaps. So uh, that's in a couple hours. Definitely, do. we may stream a little bit of that. We may not. I don't know. We're gonna have to find out. You're gonna Spencer, have to find out. Spencer, I love when you kick me off like you did earlier this morning. Kick, kick it again. I'm gonna start talking, Spencer. We're just going to – that's fine. It's 9.30. Oh, crap. It's 9.30. We're about to open, and Get Technical is about to start. Actually, I think it just started. So I'm going get to get off the stream. Guys, smash the like button for Jason, for Marcus, for Joel, for Dennis, me, if you like. That's fine, too. If you're listening via podcast, please remember all the information from our show is meant to be used as informational purposes, not for investing 
or trading advice. Everyone have a good rest of your day. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.